welcome to Turtle Tracks Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Van Hooker. And today with me, I have uh, Kevin Burke and uh, Doc Wyatt, two of the writers from the 2012 TMNT series. Uh, and these guys have written literally some of my favorite episodes. So I'm very excited to get talking to them. So thanks so much for being here, guys. Oh, Thank thanks you, for guys. inviting us. Yeah. Hello, uh, hello, everybody. My first question, and I asked this of everybody who's on the 2012 show, uh, and I didn't prep you guys for this, is what happened to Pigeon Pete? What what happened where? To Pigeon Pete. What, what, like, what happened to him in the oh, show? Only Brandon Allman knows the answer to that question. Okay. Yeah, and he and is he not telling anyone. safely. That, that, yeah, that has he, not slipped out. You want to find that out? You have to ask Brandon. All right, I'll it try. might be his Here deathbed confessional someday. <laughs> All right. Aside from anyway, aside, with that out of the way, uh, these guys wrote a bunch of cool episodes like Meet Mondo Gecko, Pizza Face, The Croaking. Uh, there's a Mutagen Man one. I'm forgetting the title exact title too. Um, but there's a bunch of cool episodes. And literally, I told you guys this right before we started. But like, I've been a Donny guy all my life. But had I grown up with the 2012 show. I might be a Michelangelo guy, and it'd be because of your episodes, <laughs> because I love, love those episodes. They're amazing. So. Well, thank you so much. We sure appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. We we love Mikey, too. I mean, the, the 2012 version of Mikey was a little bit different than than previous versions of it, and so we had a lot of fun running his episodes. Some of his episodes got to go more off the rails than oh, uh, yeah. than other characters, and that was a lot of fun for us. Yeah, you mentioned like Lex. Everything like that. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, and did you guys like you ended up writing? I mean, is it fair to say most of your episodes were Mikey ones? It felt like it. There there are a number of them. I mean, it, it is I was just trying to think back to that before we got on here. There we did some larger group ones, some more ensemble ones, but but definitely some Mikey focused ones, like Pizza yeah. Face, which is one and, of my all time favorites too. And that wasn't uh, necessarily our choice. I mean, we, we love Mikey, but um, we were freelancers on the show, which means we wrote the episodes that were assigned to us by, by the story editor. And so we didn't always get to choose which episodes we'd be writing, okay. um, but we were always, so it maybe we wrote a lot of Mikey because uh, Brandon and Ciro thought we were dumbass party guys. Um, you, know. <laughs> you start to notice when you're doing freelancer, you start to notice you get certain types of episodes, you know, where they're like, oh, these are the people that can handle this. And so weird episodes with Mikey or horror based episodes tended to fall into our lap sometimes. You know, um, we've noticed this on other shows like we we would write for My Little Pony and there was a there was a number of there were two con artist ponies that kept showing up and talking sweet talking <laughs> everybody and we kept getting offered those given those episodes yeah. we're like what's the deal here why why, why are we always us? writing the two jerks that trick everybody? <laughs> they're trying to trick everybody <laughs> um so yes we love writing mikey though i mean it was definitely a blast for us well, let me ask you guys when did you guys meet and start writing together oh that's a uh oh. we, where we met we met at usc film school um socially and we were in different actually programs in the film school so we didn't even have classes together and then uh and i was more wanted to be a writer and doc was producing i mean this is the short quick short version of it and then doc produced a film that i had written but doc and i always were just chatting we had the same backgrounds we had the same love of film and comic books and genre stuff and all of that and so we always got along in that capacity so we were always brainstorming stories along these these realms and um, the quick version of it is that opportunities sort of came to us to write some television in the superhero space because we knew it so well. And we kind of formed a partnership that we thought it would be a one-off, you know, one or two scripts for some shows that people, 
you know, didn't necessarily know about. And suddenly it started snowballing into what has now been our career for a, a decade. You know, it was not, we didn't come together and say, we've got to do this, 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 and this, you know, like a lot of things in entertainment, it, it went a direction we didn't predict, you know, so we've, we've gone this direction. We've been having the greatest time, you know, um, it's been, so our partnership sort of came together indirectly, you know, we didn't, uh, we didn't plan it. We didn't like meet together and start writing scripts together. We met, worked in different projects, started developing stories together. And eventually that led to writing scripts. Very cool. Uh, I don't know if Doc is a different version of the story where it's just like there was this jerk <laughs> in, that I would see in the halls and I can't deal with him. I thought making my friend for the next 10 years would be the easiest way to get rid of him. No, no. My version of the story is more like uh, it's like it's clothed in destiny where like one day <laughs> a raven, you know, was flying across the sky and I felt the tug of destiny. I knew I knew I would be writing with Kevin Burke for a decade. And then his story I would go on to kill him. And, <laughs> and assume the one day you would you, one day you would go on to kill Prime Minister Burke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so from that path, how did you guys get to uh, Ninja Turtles? Well, Brandon Allman, uh, one of the okay, so the guy that brought us into animation, because we were um, initially we were writing some live action stuff together, uh, and um uh, we had, were really good friends with a guy named Chris Yost who went to USC with us and he was doing uh, shows for Marvel, which at the time, this is before the first Iron Man movie, before Marvel was acquired by Disney. And it was like sort of a small, like I, I would tell people we're writing on an Iron Man show and people would say, who's Iron Man? So, I mean, that's like the era that this was. Uh, although we grew up, we grew up, we both grew up separate. I grew up in Atlanta. Uh, reading Marvel comics. Kevin grew up reading Marvel comics. Uh, and we uh, were obviously big. We knew Iron Man inside and out and Armor Wars. Yeah, and my, and my goal in, in my career was to be a comic book artist originally. And then that sort of went by the wayside to get into film, and then which led to writing. So we both had a background in these characters. And because at the time they were lesser known, um, you know, Armored Adventures was the show we got pulled in on that Chris Yost was running for Nick. And Armored Adventures was the teenage Tony Stark, was like a Peter Parker Tony Stark, if you remember that show. Yeah, I um, do. So we wrote, we wrote for that. And, um, and when Chris Yost left that show to go do something else, um, he, uh, Brandon Allman, who had been a freelancer on that show, became the new head writer for season two. And Brandon carried us over into season two and we forged a pretty good relationship uh, uh, with Brandon Allman. And um, as when Brandon uh, finished up that show and moved over to Turtles, um, he sort of carried us with him. So it was because of Brandon that we got to write on Turtles. And in classic Brandon, you know, I mean, just sort of calls us up and he's like, you guys know anything about turtles? And of course, of course we know everything about turtles. You know, I mean, we were comic book guys. We grew up on turtles as well. So it was just like hit after hit of the things we wanted to be involved in. Um, so he asked us, you know, if we'd, we'd pull onto the the new show. And um, this is before we'd even seen it. The show had not, you know, started airing yet. So we didn't know the look of it. We didn't know the style of it. We didn't know what it was going to turn out to be. Um, we were writing scripts, you know, like um, just just hoping that it's going to try, turn out to look kick-ass and it ended up awesome. It's one of my favorite looking turtles that's ever, ever been yeah. on TV. Oh yeah. It's so good. I mean, the 2012 show, I mean, I think objectively speaking, you know, factoring out nostalgia and other weird stuff, like it, it's gotta be the best turtle show there was. It's so good. 
Well, we, we're not going to disagree with that. That sounds like a good assessment from us. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, that's, so that's how we got involved in it. And, um, Brandon ran it, you know, all the way to the, to the final season, you know, he stayed on it. And while we were doing other shows and running other shows and including, you know, Avengers and Spider-Man and even stretch Armstrong, I think turtles ran while, while we were doing that, you know, um, Brandon would still, you know, ask us if we were available for some episodes and we were absolutely always ready to drop anything to do turtles. Turtles was great. That's awesome. Uh, you know, I wanted to ask you, so in a lot of your episodes, you got to handle the first time X classic character shows up like Mondo mutagen man was kind of on the way, but you guys kind of handled the first one where he was like the big Truly mutagen man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. And pizza face and, and the punk frogs. My question is like how much of that creative input in their formation was yours? Cause I know there's zero there's Brandon, like how much of it was you guys? I'm curious. Well, we would, the, they would, architect the broad strokes. I mean, they always would. The plan for Mutagen Man was in from the beginning. Like, sure. how are we going to get to Mutagen Man? This is how we're going to get there, right? So, and over that whole arc was architected uh, by Brandon and by Ciro. And then when they would get there, um, they would would say, hey, look, you're going to do the Mutagen Man episode. And here's, it would give us uh, what they call a premise, which is more or less a paragraph or two of what they need to have happen in that episode. And then from that, we work up the outline, which is like, okay, this is what they need. How are we going to execute this? And then we work out the beats of the, of the, of the story for that episode. Hmm, very cool. Like, I, I'm curious, like Mondo, like Mondo, was it always going to be like that weird Robbie Riss take was that like when did like he take form I'm curious no that well I mean the no that we were gonna do Mondo was sort of Brevin, uh, Brandon and Ciro's decision um that sort of characterization is uh is, it's a certain side of Kevin of, of my writing partner I think <laughs> that, that, that sort of brought that I'm not saying Kevin is Mondo Gecko I'm saying there's a part of Mondo Gecko. In I, well, here's, I, I'm not going to lie that there's a, an inner Mondo Gecko in me at all, at all moments. And, and in fact, it, in fact, his band named in that episode, Savage Bliss was, I was, was, I had a band in high school. And we would just change the name every time we played somewhere. And one <laughs> night we called ourselves, we called ourselves Savage Bliss. And I just remembered that. So I gave that to, to Mondo Gecko. So now that's part of, Turtles lore. Now officially, yeah. Mondo Gecko was in a band that was named after my high school band. Um, yeah, no, Mondo Gecko. Yeah, all the all the gets. I mean, you know, it's funny. I mean, writing it, we we're writing it at a time in which you know, guitar playing and, and that sort of '80s thing was coming somewhat nostalgic and somewhat out of touch, and, and a little bit in the way that the '80s series was feeling like nostalgic, like it was starting to come back around, but it was feeling like from a different time, and we really wanted to lean into that. That this this guy showed up. And he's cool, but he's cool from in the way in the, like the 80s and 90s where you'd see hippies show up, you know, and it was that yeah. sort of like, oh, OK, these guys must have been cool at some point. And then sure. uh, we wanted Mondo to feel that way now. And, and in some ways, it was like the original Mikey showing up, you know, to some extent, oh, yeah. it was it was like the 80s Mikey arriving, you know, but the, the current Mikey was both charmed and also just recognize this guy was a bit out of touch plus he's licking his eyes for the record i've never licked my own eyeballs i just want to make sure that that part is not from me that that's that question that was the next one i was actually gonna ask okay good good uh so yeah that's that's 
a lot of Armando Gecko comes around. In fact, that's one of the one of the figures that I, I can stare at from my desk here is the Mondo Gecko action figure because I love him so much. Oh yeah. I mean like it was it like I, I know this is probably removed from the writing, but like when did Robbie Wrist come into the mix for that? I've interviewed him and he was just he was a lot of fun. But I mean like he's just that perfect retro crazy Mikey thing. I'm curious well, if you know when he came in. Well you know we don't know. The casting for for us as freelancers on that show, sure. casting would always happen after we've submitted uh, our drafts of the script. Sure. So we, uh, you know, we would sort of get, you know, production would call us and tell us after casting had happened. Sure. Uh, but we wouldn't know what the decision-making process was at the time. When we would get texts from Brandon on occasion where, where there'd almost be wish fulfillment or he'd be like, we're trying to get Robert England. We're trying to get so-and-so. And I'd be like, that sounds great, but you know, maybe you shouldn't tell me until you get them because I'm going to get excited and then it's going to sure. all fall to pieces. And that was the same kind of thing. You know, he was like, you know, we're trying to get, well, when we did um, the uh, Napoleon Bonafrog episode, it was sort of like that, you know, so much of that hinged on, on getting John Heater to do that, to That's do that role. Yeah, he was, so we, um, that episode is really close to my heart because my uh, the first thing I did in entertainment is I was one of the producers of the movie Napoleon Dynamite. Yep. And so when they were talking about how to do the punk frogs, they hit on the idea, Ciro and Brandon hit on the idea of what if Napoleon Bonafrog is not is Napoleon Dynamite? And they called me up and they were like, would you and Kevin do that? And if you did do that, would John Heater do that? And and I was like, oh, and Heater, if you don't know, Heater is a fan. Like he is a- Oh, that's cool. Fan. I didn't know that. Yeah, he is a big fan of Turtles, big fan of animation in general. He was an animation student when we cast him in the movie, Napoleon Dynamite. Uh, and um, he was, at, when we I gave him a call and was like, oh, would you do Turtles? He's like, I do Turtles. I do Turtles in a heartbeat. Uh, but then when they sent him the script, he was like, oh, dude, they just want me to do the Napoleon voice. Like I wanted to do, I wanted to do, like, I guess he wanted to create an original character, sure. but we, we sort of talked him into it and he wound up loving it. Um, he brought his family in and they took a tour of Nickelodeon studios and cause they did the voice records. I don't know if you know, but they did the voice records um, in a booth at Nickelodeon. Like okay. Nickelodeon had their own, uh, I assume they still do have their own, uh, you know, sound stages. So they wouldn't um, record out at like Salami Studios or or Bang Zoom or any of the other places where animation studios normally record. They would do it right there in house, and so that was it. Was always fun. Yeah, I know that. And then that, that's uh, Doc. That's your favorite one that you said you did, right? Or at least certainly among yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. It's really close to my heart. Definitely. It's such a fun one. It's such a like it's such a different take on the punk frogs too that it's like and it's just these weird like why Brando fits in there, I don't know, but it just does beautifully. <laughs> like, I don't, like that that's the part to me that actually sells it because it moves it into this the only turtles, especially the 2012 turtles, could have done that, which is this parody, surreal, like twisting on things we're familiar with and love, but at the same time making it something fresh. And so Having Napoleon in there is is one thing. Having Napoleon and the Brando, you know, parody in there is you're never going to see that. There's never a, a no. world in which in which uh, Apocalypse Now Napoleon Dynamite crossover can happen. But we, but Turtles made that happen, you know, and that's that's a gift to that show. I I, I love that episode too. I was just rewatching that one. It's just there's so much like there's so much good stuff in it. I mean, there I, I'm guessing this might have come later, but there's like great little in joke where like they show like oh there's these frog sightings. And they show pictures of like the old Playmates toy 
and the 2014 <laughs> Turtles. I, I, I'm guessing that's after you guys, but it was really like there's such so many good jokes in that episode. Well, that, that and again, a lot of the show was like that, which we loved. They'd always have the running gags of you know Mikey's VHS tapes that he was watching old shows that were parodies of other cartoon shows. You know that we'd seen. There was always those sort of references that were pretty funny and and timely. And some of them ran on for long periods of time. I can't remember who was who was the He-Man character from. Oh, the Thundar the Barbarian parody. Yes. Yeah. Cragnor. Yes. And that was a running bit that went on for a big chunk of the season. And so those things were a lot of fun. And that, as far as I can tell, straight from Brandon and Ciro, like that's the stuff they love. That That's really funny stuff. I do have more Mondo questions, so I must steer the couch. Oh, absolutely. I love, I, like I said, I can't get over. Like I remember watching that and like, and he's delivered in such a way where he's not like, he's just this funny crazy weird and then like also really underwhelming as a fighter so like, there's so many funny things about him and when robbie wrist voice comes out i'm like oh my god i just like lost it and i'm curious do you remember how cowabunga came into the mix because I, I i love the 2012 show and i'm a huge admirer of zero i didn't love booyaka Shah all the time uh-huh. at least not as a replacement for cowabunga that's all um so when, but when you brought in cowabunga with mondo i was like oh shit now it all the cosmic whatever makes sense. And it was perfect. Do you remember that being conversation about bringing in Cowabunga? Um, I, when, when did that happen? That was, that was. In That's your... in Mondo. What's that? Yeah, Mondo's the yeah, first character to yeah. say Cowabunga on the series. Yeah. Yes, the, was yeah. that, that was at, I mean, right at the first draft, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, oh yeah. And when our process was, that was definitely, I mean, I would say it was even in the outline that was, I mean, you have to make these choices and we've, we've done it where you're up, you're updating an existing property, right? You're taking something that people know and you're trying to find a new version of it and you have to make choices. Do you know, like like when Daniel Craig shows up at James Bond and he's, you know, they ask for a drink and he doesn't say shake and not stirred. You, you have to do these little cues that say, this is not just the same thing I've seen before, right? This is something that is different. And so, and, and I was not part of this discussion, but as far as we could tell, you know, the changing of Cowabunga was to simply, you know, move turtles to the oh, present yeah. day, right? It makes sense, yeah. Yeah, so, and just kind of make it more contemporary, make it seem like you're not just watching a version of something that your parents watched or your older brother watched, right? And, um, but the idea that we're doing Mondo Gecko as someone from that time, as someone who would, I mean, in theory, Mondo Gecko would have watched the Turtles TV show if it was oh, on yeah. TV at the time, yeah. right? That would have been one of his favorite shows. So, yeah, that, from the very first draft, we thought we, we'll bring in Mondo as... 80s Mikey. Do you know what I mean that was the general like hook? Like, what if this character was still around? I mean, in some ways, we were talking about Cobra Kai before we started this podcast. In some ways, there's some similarities to how Johnny Lawrence is played, and that, there's someone out of time who's yeah. there's something very endearing about that. You know, someone who's trying their best but has really doesn't understand how the world currently works, right? Yeah. And uh, right. I think that I think him saying Calabunga, which both makes him endearing dates him a bit, but also ties him straight into the fandom of Turtles really works in that way. You, you want to like this guy. You oh, I mean, you want to, you want to root for this guy almost immediately. I love his origin story too. It's so like brushed over, but he's like, he was a very happy. He got turned into a gecko person and just without further explanation, his parents kick him out of the house. Like I, <laughs> gecko Lars, like I just, I, that 30 second origin story is hysterical. I love it so much. <laughs> It was yeah. well, what I what I was thinking about when we were writing that was Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis. Okay. Uh, Gregor Samsa wakes up as a cockroach and they just drive him out of the house and that's it. <laughs> it 
And then the yeah. rest of it, it has nothing like how he turns into a cockroach or, or, you know, why a cockroach. None of that is important to Franz Kafka in any way. And I think that's pretty funny. That's great. I love the And also too, like what's cool about that episode is it, it references back the first episode of Mondo from the 87 show where he's working for Mr. X and he's not totally a good guy, but not bad. And it's like, it, it really cuts in deep to the turtles nostalgia. That one. Yeah. And that's by design. I mean, that's very much was was to have have this character who came in in that way and and sort of sort of well, the thing that's important is to is to make sure that young people who have never seen the '80s show aren't thrown off. Right? There is yeah. this fine line you have to to walk where you you throw too many old references in, they just get lost, tune out, go watch another show. Right? Sure, sure. Everything you need to know about Mondo Gecko is in that episode. But if you happen to be Say a Mondo Gecko mass massive Mondo Gecko fan, like maybe the host of this podcast might be. Um, <laughs> th- then there's a lot of different references in there that that you know leads you to that point that you can have a lot of fun with. So that it was trying to work on both levels in that way. Does the does the name of the Gecko Lars have any significance to either of you? Was that a gecko you guys own? No, uh, that I wish I could say that meant something. I don't know. In fact, that may not have even been us. Yeah, yeah, I don't even remember where that name came from. Yeah, <laughs> that. Yeah, yes. I, I wish we had a better story about Lars, but um, I think that's that. We'll have to ask Brandon or, or Ciro. Lars might might have been there. Gecko. Gotcha. You know, my my other favorite uh, uh, episode is uh, Pizza Face, which I'm curious that one, like, because that's just the weirdest episode of the series. Yeah. So good. It's like it's hilarious. So I, I I would love to talk about that a little bit. Pizza Face well, is my is probably my favorite if I had to pick one. Um Brandon encouraged us to get weird. Like that's when we really knew that the gloves were off for 2012. Because Brandon was like, Yeah, get strange with it. get strange with it. Like we'd bring him a couple of ideas, you know. When you when you are a freelancer and you have some ideas that are just kind of like a little bit nutty. You don't always want to just put them in and then turn them in and have people be like, that's insane. Um, so we, we, you know, before turning in our outline, we definitely would call Brandon and be like, is this too far? And he'd be like, there's no too far. Do it, just go. <laughs> yeah, it, I still watch it now. My daughter, when she was young, she, and she was young, maybe like four or so, she, that was her favorite episode. She watched it on repeat over and over again. Like she could sing the song that he sings when he's getting his ice cream yes. and all that stuff. Like, and by the way, that song made us join ASCAP, the publishing, the, the music publishing, because we didn't write it as a song, but it became a song when performed. So all of a sudden we had written lyrics to a piece oh, of music. Wow. So we had, uh, and that was beneficial to us because we've written a lot of songs since, since that episode. But when we wrote that episode, we were not in ASCAP. Um, but no, it's weird. In fact, if you start really thinking it, up, thinking about it, it gets stranger and stranger. Do you know what I mean? That that oh yeah, pizza faces, and and it goes dark. And and it, at one point, there's that shot of Mikey. He's got the mirrored sunglasses and the fire and everything. And I'm like, this. I can't believe the show went it's here. So I can't believe this episode. I can't believe this episode got here. Yeah. It just sort of like you were pulling at a thread, and everything just starts tumbling and tumbling. And I'm like, this is really going on like this is still happening this is this is just the craziest episode you can imagine and there's that beautiful sequence of him making a pizza which is just like yeah and it pays off in that sort of ren and stimpy style gag where he shows the pizza to everybody and it's just it's so (laughs) it's so much good but and also and maybe it's there's something i find amusing and maybe only i find this amusing but we we've done this a few times it it when everyone else is just 
really at their wits end of, with Mikey when they come in and Mikey's just done something so bizarre and they're like, gee, come on, you know, like, I can't believe this, you know, and he's trying to defend his crazy choices. I find that hilarious too. And I think oh, that yeah. happens a number of times in, in our episodes. I mean, that like, I said, like how much I love that Mikey, but like he was such a perfect like gateway to the weirdness of the turtle. Like there's like, why would any of these villains have these horrible names. Like, why would they tell them? Like, why would they name themselves scumbug <laughs> and awful, just horrible things? So he was like this perfect gateway to like the weird nostalgia turtles. Like, it's just, it's so much good stuff that comes only through Mikey, which is the only way it could work. So, yeah. Yeah. So cool. I agree. And and he's not played like the 80s one was played in that Spicoli um, surfer dude way. And that, that's not how 2012 Mikey is. He's no. just a little stranger. Do you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. he's not like he's not played like sometimes you'll you'll break characters for some of these shows and they'll be like, okay, he's he's the stoner character or he's or he's just this Mikey's all over the place. Do you know what oh. I mean? He's he's in that a, a 2012 Mikey. And I think that makes him appealing and kind of timeless. Like he's not playing to a particular trope of a particular time. He's yeah. he's just playing the oddball. And so sometimes he's brilliant. And then sometimes he's he's obviously not. Sometimes he's selfish. Sometimes he's the most caring person on the team. You know, his his characteristics are more wild than than pizza party guy, you know, than surfer pizza party guy as he once was. How much did you guys get to shape pizza face? Like, was he already the kind of uh, um, pizza the hut kind of looking character when he came to you? Yeah, he was always going to be a pizza the hut versus you know like just a you know, I don't know, just an Italian chef or whatever, like just a dangerous Italian stereotype, uh, you know? <laughs> yeah. In, he was always going to be that sort of pizza face inspired thing. That was yeah, I think, that, yeah. from, from Ciro's design when he sat down to design the new character. There's so many good, like, and I hate to like pick apart jokes, but like there's so many good jokes in that one, like where Mikey keeps taking pictures the wrong way. And like all of his photos are just pictures of his eye and like, how long is he been living his life this way? It's so funny. <laughs> it, that episode does have one of my all-time favorite lives, and we've written hundreds of scripts, but it has the line um, where where I think it's Irma. Yeah, it's Irma, and she's like, "You can't eat that. That's garbage pizza from Crazy Town." That's one of my favorite lines too, because, <laughs> because that weird guy delivered the pizza and dropped it to them, and they're like, "Oh, we should have this pizza." April's like, "We should take this," and that's that's one of my favorite lines too. And there's also a Stooges reference, which I don't think I've seen worked in since the 1990 movie but there's like a tiny little Raphael <laughs> Mikey Stooges reference I'm like oh man this is there's so much I love about that episode and it's because it's so like weird and dark um I, I'm curious uh because I think some people because of the ending think it's a dream was it a dream I'm not sure we're at liberty to to say whether it was a dream or not yeah I mean I it was designed like, to be a lady and the tiger kind of thing where the audience gets to decide and so for every audience member that decision is up to them. For me, yeah. for me personally, it was not a dream. But, yeah. you know, that doesn't, I'm not telling you how to live your life. Exactly. It's like Inception. You can't really, Inception and Pizza Face are on the same level, I think, of discourse. And I think that, um, I think the same thing. I, I, I believe it was not a dream, but I believe Mikey has been trying to convince himself that it was a dream this entire time because to think it was real is almost too disturbing. So... It works on both like, levels for me. From my perspective, I mean, like, it, it shouldn't be a dream because, A, you see Pizza Face at the end. And mm -hmm. in Mondo, 
he pizza face the slice is in the villain gallery he's there yeah 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 he's good like i i think he's like everything is true in that i don't think mikey's exaggerating at all from his perspective (laughs) well i happen to agree with you but i also think other people's decisions are valid too Sure. I also yes, think yes. A, a little a little screenwriting trick. If you make it seem plausible that something was a dream, you can get away with some of the craziest ideas you've ever had too. At the end of it, so you will get less notes from executives. Exactly um, saying, saying "How could like, this happen? This. And how would that happen? It was all a dream, and then yeah. uh, and then it wasn't." Mikey eats the villain. I mean, like that's that yeah. that's the part that's still sticks with me (laughs) i mean the villain is pizza i mean that has been established sure but the villain is also alive which has been established so (laughs) i'm not i'm not sure there is definitely a moral gray area we're dealing with when you when you eat that pizza all up so that's um that is the part that that when i say it snowballs and and you're like i can't believe it gets this far that's the part where i'm like did we defeat the villain by just eating this villain eating all the pizza (laughs) that's 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 the most bonkers aspect about it I really wish uh, that they'd created a, a pizza face. I'm a huge toy collector. I wish they'd created a pizza face toy for that. Agreed. That uh, Like I said, we have, I have a Mondo here. I don't have a pizza face. I would absolutely have that oh, me right too. in front of me. The only thing they ever did, and I don't know if you, uh, there was like a pizza shooter car. Yeah. And there was a little little figurine sort of, of like kind of pizza face on the side of it. And I bought that little pizza shooter broken. Because it had pizza face on it, just pizza face off. It's literally oh, that's, up behind that me. Is, that is committed, and that's that. Was that from the original show or the 2012? No, show from the 2012 that? show. The, there was a okay, gotcha. 12 pizza shooter, and there's a little figurine of pizza face on the pizza shooter. And oh, I, interesting. I don't I, even I'll think I knew that. that. Yeah. Um, I, I think Playmate should have made him. I think the reason they didn't was because of the scale. Um, you know, but I, uh, but they could have ske- cheated it down like a Tilla. Also, like a, t- I the mean, Attila toy is pretty, yeah, good. yeah, they made a Tilla. If I knew someone who had a toy, a toy action figure line and and raised Kickstarter money, they could make a pizza face, absolutely. Let's, let's yes, happen. It's not too late, it's not too late. You know, honestly, it's just pizza, like you can just put eyes on a pizza, it's just a mouth and arms. I don't want, yeah, just a, <laughs> yeah it's not a whole lot here. <laughs> We don't have to be able to eat them. Two points to be edible. That's all I need. Just the arms. Yeah. That's all I yeah. need. I don't need a lot. I, I, I'm with you on that. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you guys before I let you go, uh, is there any other mutants that you uh, wanted to handle or would have liked to introduce or anything like that that you didn't get a chance to? I'm curious. Uh, I loved the Dream Beavers, and I would have liked to uh, uh, revisit cool. them. I would have yeah. liked to have done... Uh, you know, the episode the Dream Beavers is in, are, are in is perfect. I would have liked to have done a, a sequel, a Dream Beaver sequel, hmm. um, but it was not to be. No, and I don't know about char- characters. I do know, and I believe it was Pizza Face, if I'm remembering all these episodes, we kept trying to sneak in Casey Jones's mask earlier and earlier, and Brandon kept being like, don't do it. You have to, we're waiting. We have a key moment for all of this. We're like, but can't he just find one? What if there's one in the garbage? He just looks at it. You know, we kept wanting to make that moment happen on our episode. Because that's, and that's the thing about any of these shows. You want the iconic moments to happen in your episodes, you know? Oh, so yeah. the, the fact that we got Calabunga into the show in one of our episodes is is a lot of fun. You know, that we got to introduce some of these iconic characters has been a lot of fun because that's, you're doing it both as a professional and a fan. And so you're trying to 
to do it both ways, to enjoy what you're making, to be part of that moving forward, as well as sort of celebrating what you've come from. To be clear, I want to go on the record and say this. Uh, I don't dislike Puyaka Shah. I just like it maybe 10% less <laughs> than Kelly. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't I didn't take the take it that you did not like it. You were just ranking them. If you had to rank Mikey yeah. sayings, that's just how it unfortunately has to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I get I'm, it. I get I'm it. sorry to have to tell you, but I've already texted Nickelodeon. Uh, and told them Brian doesn't like. Yeah, so sorry. Yeah, I probably so you guys back. So, yeah, so they're so in the middle Mr. of ADRing yeah. all of all of the episodes. They're removing it okay. from all the episodes. Yes, but Mr. Nickelodeon now knows that. You mean Nick Elodian? Nick, Mr. N Elodian. Yeah. Um. No, 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 no. We we get it. And again, there's going to be somebody in 20 years, some kid who's like. You know what? Cowbunga was something my dad loved. I did not ever thought it was funny. 2012 Turtles is where it's at. You know what I mean? It's always going to be oh, yeah. someone's favorite and someone's not favorite. So oh, we're just glad to be. Oh, that's 100%. Like, I, I, she'll, like, I, I, she likes this 1987 show, but I always have to be like, she's like, oh, can I watch my Turtles, which is a 2012 show? And then I'll be like, no, like, I want to watch, like, no. And then like, we finally settle on it. So that's very much. Do you guys ever have a theme song off? Because they both have great theme songs. That's one thing that 2012 Turtles had as well as the original great theme yeah. songs that uh, can't be beat. Uh, Kevin, was there any mutants or anything that you wanted to handle that didn't quite? No, I don't think, I don't think there were any we didn't handle. I think, I mean, there are obviously a ton of characters I would love to have done, but but the show had a great run. I mean, it's so many oh. seasons and we went, I mean, at some point, I mean, we're, we're bringing in, you know, classic monsters. We're traveling through time, you know I mean? It, it did so many great things and we got to be a part of so many great things. I, I don't have a single, I don't have a single complaint nor, nor wish of something we hadn't done. You know, I just, uh, I wish we could still be writing that show. That's just the show was a blast. I mean, like, that's one thing, like I, when it ended and I was sad it was ending too, because it was, like I said, I think it's objectively the best turtle show there was. Um, people were upset and like, how could they do this, whatever. And I'm like, well, I mean, you get a hundred and, 20 some on episodes you got to do all these awesome things like it's unfortunate i'm gonna miss it but like damn look at the run it had like most yeah. any superhero shows mostly last three seasons like batman the animated series in the episodes absolutely in fact it's it's even gotten shorter since then so the the mere idea i mean turtles made it six right that six full seasons is that five, five. okay and like 26 episode seasons like crazy so five 26 episode seasons um that is a ton of shows. That doesn't yeah. happen right now. That doesn't happen at all. I mean, it is hilarious. I didn't realize the original Turtles ran like a decade. I didn't know that. And maybe I was. I love that show. Maybe it didn't need to run a decade. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think about my life, the things that happened in that decade, and I'm like, that show was still on. You know, yeah. like I had my window on it when it started and and loved it. Then I just had moved on to things. I did not realize it lasted as long as it did till I started moving into animation and started catching up on the history of some of these shows. That's an enormous run. And um, and yeah, so Turtles was five seasons, but it ended up being like six years. Like it was still on the air through, I think, 2017, right? 2018. That sounds that, about right. That is, that's just unheard of right now. Do you know what I mean? In the current current world, you know, the sort of streaming world, we're getting two, three seasons maybe. Yeah. You know, it's not a lot of, I mean, even the original Transformers in the 80s was two seasons before the movie, you know, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it. a lot of TV. It just seemed like a long time. So if you're a kid, let's say you're six and you're watching 2012 Turtles. I mean, that show lasted to your 
to your teenager, to your like 12, 13. That's yeah. a, yeah, that's a major part of your life. Um, that's a long run. And it like never outweighed, uh, wore out as welcome. Even like when it changed, like tales and the stories got different. Like it was a cool evolution and still cool. Like it knew how to like not kind of run the same ideas into the ground. Like it was, it was really cool. I would agree with that too. In fact, I remember when we would get story, you know, prompts and things and, and I'd be thinking, you know, at some point they're going to run out of steam. Do you know, like how many episodes are they going to pull out of this? And every season they would find some new angle, some yeah. new take, some new twist on it that, that just really raised the energy. The other thing is with all animated series, if you've, if you've done them well in the later seasons, you've built up a lot of on a purely production level, assets, characters, sure. environments. So some of these later seasons, if you're, if you're writing them well, you can have, you know, a lot more characters on screen, right? You can have, go to a lot more places than you can early in the episodes. You know, I think about that with some of the Star Wars series, you know, the, the first season of Rebels is all on one planet. You know, they're sort of building up how they, how they get there. And then it starts to really expand on that. Um, it's like that for a lot of shows and Turtles very much took advantage of that. You know, those later episodes when they're, like going to all these different realms and different times and bringing in all these different characters. Like they, they built up a giant library of material to work with and really work with it. And then didn't do them to death. Like, I, I, I mean, I, as much as I would have loved to seen more episodes of pizza face, I don't know that you could have topped the wacky, bizarre. <laughs> right. So like, it was I, yeah. Hard. Like Mondo yeah, was no, you're like, right. mutanimal. Like I thought that worked really nicely, but I don't know that like, if we had five pizza face episodes, like, Eventually, you're gonna be like, all right, that's that's enough. Like, yeah, I think we're all gonna agree that Pizza Face is—he was not like the A-list villain that the turtles were gonna have to keep facing <laughs> over every the time, week. right? Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, they were not the Darth Vader. He was not the Darth Vader of the turtles. Either. He was not Shredder. Yeah, um, but that's the beauty, pizza- of him, right? He's just like this one crazy free-for-all, and like that's that everything you want of him is in that episode. And it's just- yeah, I agree. I agree. In fact, we could even call it the Pizza Face Saga that episode if we wanted to, because it's the complete Pizza Face. And uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, that's you're right. That's one of the reasons I love that episode so much. It's everything you need to know, yeah. right there. Uh, last thing I want to ask you guys uh, each is who your favorite turtles are. Oh, for me, it's Donatello. I have. It's always been Donatello, just because I was the nerd growing up. And I, so I, I always identified with the nerd on the team. So it's always been Donatello and people, I say that and people are like, he's the boring one. And I'm like, you know what? <laughs> so am I? That's the problem. You're oh. the problem. <laughs> so am I. Yeah, I'm always, uh, too. absolutely. What about you? Yeah, you know, no, my wife's favorite was Donatello too. I was always, my, I mean, it depends. It's a, it's a mix of, of, um, Leonardo and and Mikey like Mikey because it's the person I, I wish I could be more often and and uh, Leonardo because I feel like that's the that's the big brother role that I'm always finding myself in you know to some position sure and he's all I like him best when he's frustrated he's frustratedly leading and 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 annoyed with them because they're not coming together as teenagers that's my favorite sort of angle on that plus swords. Yeah, you know, I think that's mean, and like it was, <laughs> it was cool about the 2012 show that not every version of him did was like uh, of that show did was they do feel like kids. They feel like teenagers yeah. in that show, whereas it's usually like they're just weird adults like this, like that maybe one of the few iterations where they truly feel like they're arguing all the time. They're immature. Like they really feel like I, I thought the real the smartest move was aging down April 
because it it made them all all teens. You know, there was always in the original a little bit of oddness that this adult woman would hang out with these teenage turtles, right? It just seemed like yeah. like like you, as a kid, I was fine with it, but then I, I walked at it. I'm like, this, you know, this doesn't quite track, and they're not dealing with the same sets of problems. But when they're both teenagers and they're dealing, you know, and the world looks at them in the same way where they don't have authority, um, that's that's a really great move. That's a really smart move. Yeah, like in the first, like originally, like April, don't you have like friends? Like, what do you yeah, like? Exactly. Don't you don't you have an adult friend to hang out with, right. that, uh, or adult human friend that you can yeah. hang out with? Yeah. Well, guys, I am all set here. Uh, it was a huge pleasure to talk to you and just geek out over these episodes again. They are literally some of my favorites. Um, so, thanks for your time. It was great talking to you. Thank you so oh. much. Thank you so much. This was a blast. Mushrooms, olives, mozzarella too. Peppers, onions, mortadella. Yamma, yummy, yamma, yummy, yamma, 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 you. Humans taste so good inside a cow's own. Yes, it's true. Hey! Pizza that eats you. It's like my worst nightmare come true.